What's up, everybody? Welcome to Sweat the Bet, presented by Odds Jam, with your host, Matt underscore Modi underscore Bets and Parlay Doc. Hope you enjoy. All right. What is up, everybody? This is Andrew Kim, the Parlay Doc, along with my buddy <laughs> Matt Modi here for Sweat the Bet, brought to you by OddsJam.com. So, Today, we got obviously March Madness is kicking off, but today we're going to be talking about a few things, a lot of NFL free agency news that's been going on. So we're going to be talking Tom Brady and his unretirement. We're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers a little bit, some Deshaun Watson news. Uh, the Jags went on a spending spree, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Jags. Um, other you know juicy trades of like what could happen with uh, what's going to happen with Baker with Jimmy G so we're, we're going to be basically covering NFL free agency for the most part um, and then you know we'll we'll definitely hit up our best bets for a very slim NBA slate tonight with just one game uh, so we'll kick off the show with our usual routine of sweat or no sweat so. Obviously, in the spirit of March Madness, I'm going to start off the the sweater no sweat with this, Matt. So, all right, sweater no sweat. This this is the year. This is the year where even though the odds are one in nine point two quintillion, someone out there is going to fu- someone is going to nail the perfect bracket and win one of those ridiculous. Prizes we always see on these sports books were like, have the perfect bracket, win a million dollars, have a perfect bracket, win five million dollars. This is the year someone's going to crack the one out of 9.2 quintillion odds and they're going to do it. <laughs> sweat or no sweat? Oh, I love it. I got to go no, <laughs> no sweat there. Someone's, it's got to happen. I mean, it's statistically improbable. Out of all the brackets every year, no one's got a perfect bracket yet. I think that I think that's a no sweat. I love it. It's going to happen this year. I mean, we already got one of the biggest upsets uh, that people have predicted so far with Richmond over um, Iowa. I'm sure plenty of people had that. Everything else is pretty much gone chalk. So I love it. No sweat. I love it. Got it. Well, unfortunately, I'm not one of the ones since I since I already had, uh, I think, uh, Colorado State. And I think I did have Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I lost the first game. I lost, yeah, I had Colorado State beating Michigan. So I would not be one of those people. But No, me either. I think me it'll either. happen. I think it'll happen. <laughs> You have faith. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So for you, um, I'm sticking with the NFL. Um, we're talking about the Jags and all the moves they made. My sweat or no sweat is I think the Jags win at least eight games this year. So they'll go at minimum eight and nine. Man, eight and nine. Oh, that is a lofty, lofty goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say, oh, I think that's going to be – I think that's still going to be a sweat. I, I think that's going. I think that's going to be a sweat. So, I mean, we'll we'll get to it today. And there's been a lot of lot of changes, a um, lot of you know signings. Some I think are good. Some I just kind of question: Were they making moves just for the sake of making moves? So I guess that we'll kind of get into the rational of that later. I think I think it's doable, but I think I think that's not going to be an easy cruise to to eight wins. I, I'd say sweat, doable, but a sweat probably. What do you think? Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, my logic there is, um, I mean, they 100% overpaid for uh, pretty much everybody they signed. I mean, Christian Kirk just, I mean, we, we're going to get into that later, but just an obscene amount of money that he that he got. Uh, that he got. And then Zay Jones, I think, got like an F from some people that were like grading free agencies. But um, at least the people they signed are like legitimate NFL players. So they overpaid. 
and that'll cost them in a couple of years when they're like in cap hell. But at least they're NFL players. And I think going from Urban Meyer, who's like the most hateable coach in the world, to <laughs> someone like Doug Peterson, who as an Eagles fan, plenty of experience with Doug. Everybody loves Doug. The players love him. He got along with everybody in the building. I think it's going to be such a refreshment going from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson that I think, and they have such an easy division. Uh, I mean, the Colts, who knows what they're going to be. The Texans, we think we know they're going to be probably pretty bad. The Titans, I mean, they were the one seed last year, but I mean, analytically, they didn't really test well. So I think they could have an easy division. Uh, they have a last place schedule being the, the worst team in the NFL. So I think eight wins. It's a little bit lofty considering how bad the Jags have been, but I'm putting faith in my man, Doug Peterson. Yeah, I, I like Doug. I mean, honestly, it's like when when we were in Matt Nagy hell here in Chicago. I mean, that was a name that I was kind of throwing. I said I, I would be glad if we can get like a Doug Peterson type into the locker room to kind of navigate and take like Justin Fields under his wing. So yeah, no, I, I like the choice there for sure. That's I think that's a huge upgrade. So hopefully he can. It may take some time, but hopefully he can kind of steer that ship in the right direction. So yeah, I, I, I am a Doug Peterson fan. I like him as well. So. Yeah, a lot of a lot, I'm putting a lot of faith in Doug, and maybe he'll get. I mean, he got the best out of Wentz for um, a couple of years until the wheels fell off. Maybe he can get the best out of Trevor Lawrence as well. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, all right. So, moving into the main segment, the meat and potatoes of our show. Like we said, we're talking about NFL free agency, but we're going to kick it off with some of the returning QBs. So, obviously, by now, all of you are very familiar that Tom Brady has unretired himself <laughs> after a very, very short. Very brief stint in retirement. So Tom Brady is coming back. He kind of broke that on social media. Um, so the question here is, right, so that obviously affects a lot of kind of the free agency moves. You know, we saw a lot of the funny memes and, and tweets about, you know, cartoon you know depictions of this is what all the, uh, you know, free agents are thinking now on the Bucks, and now everyone's changing their minds. So let's kind of go through the list of Tom Brady coming back and what we know about their free agency so far. So at least, you know, as of last night, so some things might have changed. We know that Chris Godwin, initially, he was franchise tagged, right? Then they finally reached a multi-year deal, three years, 60 million, 40 million of that is guaranteed. Um, you know, and basically some of that was to maneuver and make sure that they're not going to take such a huge cap hit up front to free up space for other free agents. And they've already re-signed center Ryan Jensen, who's kind of highly sought after. So they've retained him for a three-year deal, $39 million. Looks like Carlton Davis has kind of been locked up at cornerback. Uh, and they've made some other moves. They picked up Russell Gage, it looks like, from Atlanta for, for a three-year deal. They've picked up guard Shaq Mason from the Patriots, traded a 2022 fifth-round pick. So someone who sounds like played with Tom Brady before as well. Um, Gronk, obviously, now he kind of changed his tune before he was saying, um, I'm not tied to Tom Brady and what he's going to do. Then all of a sudden it changed to, there's a good chance that I'm going to return <laughs> to the Bucks. Um, so there are still some question marks, right? So what's going to happen with playoff Lenny, uh, Leonard Fournette, um, you know, and Dominican Sue, uh, JPP, it looks like Lenny, he said some kind of farewell or goodbye to Tampa on Instagram, and then he removed it, of course, uh, soon after. So that's that's kind of raising question marks. So knowing that some of these free agents, they've been locked up, some guys are probably not going to be able to retain. There's some you know big-name guys like Ndamukong Sue, who's used to making a ton of money. He already kind of took a team-friendly deal before. He used to make like 14 mil a year, took, was paid about 9 mil. 
you know, it's like, do you want to bring him back? Um, is he going to take another team friendly type of deal? Or is he like, you know what, I'm at the tail end, I got to get paid on kind of my probably my final contract when I have some of my prime left. So that's kind of the situation with the free agents. So my question for you, Matt, is knowing this is the situation with the free agents, these are the people they have at least signed so far, having Brady back and some of the pieces that have been locked up, uh, does this already make them automatically one of the top contenders, one of the favorites, again, as a Super Bowl favorite? Or do you feel like there's just still too many holes and gaps and deficiencies that it's still going to be kind of an uphill battle to be a legit Super Bowl contender? Or are they legit already just because you got Brady back? I think they're I think they're legit already. I think all they needed was was Tom Brady. Um, I mean, it's interesting when you when you look at the NFC, who are the good quarterbacks that are like I mean, with Brady back, obviously Brady, there's Aaron Rodgers, and then Russell Wilson got traded. Sure. I mean, Wentz moved to the NFC, which just hurts the conference. Um Dak <laughs> Dak Prescott <laughs> So much Wentz hate, I love <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I gotta get my shots in. Um I mean Dak Prescott's obviously good. Um and then there's like Kyler Murray and Matt Stafford who are like good, but not quite elite. And then who knows what the 49ers are going to be. Nobody in the NFC East besides Dak is really worth talking about. And then the NFC North, I mean, Kirk Cousins, we all know what he is. So, I mean, like the Bucks are probably going to walk into a top two seed. They could easily be the one seed. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to the Packers. They have some holes that they need to figure out. Um, and I feel like people, it kind of got glossed over a, just the injury um, new, it, just the, how badly the injuries hit them in the playoffs last year, especially to sure. the receivers. Well, whatever you want to call whatever happened to Antonio Brown, I'm not really sure that's injury related, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> either way, he wasn't on the team. And then they had their cornerbacks were banged up all year. They had to sign Richard Sherman in the middle of the year. So um, even with all all the holes, I mean, they getting Russell Gage, I think is huge. They're going to get Gronk back. Um, getting back Ryan Jensen's huge. Trading trading. For Shaq Mason is big because their guard, Ali Marpet, retired. And really, I mean, all you need is is Tom Brady and you're going to win 12 games. And then at that point, I think you're automatically a Super Bowl contender. And there's nobody in the NFC. We'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. Maybe if he goes to Carolina, but it's not looking like that. Or if he goes to um, New Orleans, maybe they could be a contender. But overall, I just don't think that there's anybody uh, that you can really say, aside from the Packers, that you are guaranteed to be one of the elite teams in the uh, NFC next year. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, like you said, I mean, just the, the QB position is, just, I mean, I'm stating the obvious, it's just so crucial, right? So just just having Tom Brady back that already puts you in playoff contention. Um, and I agree, I, I think, you know, um, picking up gauge, it's just, yeah, the injury bug was just so bad for this team, not making excuses for, for Brady and whatnot. But look, they, they got decimated, they got hit with a ton of injuries, especially with their offensive weapons. So trying to figure out how do you add some redundancy, some, you know, solid kind of backup or whatever wide receiver three four types just as backups I think that's going to be important going forward um so yeah I think I think they're automatically got to be in the playoff talks one of the Super Bowl favorites the odds actually reflect that they were going they were at like 20 to 1 um and they got smashed to like 10 to 1 I'm not sure where it's at now but basically the odds got smashed and cut in half as soon as Brady made that announcement so even you know sports books are adjusting it accordingly so um, I think that, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, what do you do, though, like on the defensive side, right? Because part of that formula and that Super Bowl run was just that that insane, you know, the, the pass rush, the pressure on the QB, they, they made uh, Mahomes run around a couple miles running for his <laughs> life, right? So yeah. uh, do, do you shell out, right, for uh, Ndamukong Sue? I mean, he's been solid. He's been reliable. He's kind of been the, the like that the spiritual leader kind of there, you know, being the captain on that side almost. 
Um, and then, you know, like JPP, he's been kind of banged up, lots of different injuries, knee issues, uh, this and that, you know, so do you bring him back, right? So it's like you got to make some decisions, you know, with salary considerations, cap considerations. So it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what they do on that side of the ball because can they maintain that high level of defense, uh, you know, pressure on the QB like they have in years past? Um, is age going to start finally catching up, you know, to those players? So we'll see. Um, so, but I do agree. I, th- I think they're going to be legit. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with, basically. So for all the Brady haters out there, <laughs> You're going to have to do, endure another year uh, of people kind of saying the phrase goat over and over again and you hating on him. So, But he's back yeah. for a year, and I think they're going to be there in the mix. So, Yeah, I agree. And I'm one of those people that cannot stand Tom Brady for a lot of reasons. So, <laughs> um, I'm more, I, 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 would, I mean, I, no, I, don't, I can't think of anybody that was actually probably surprised that he came back. I mean, he retired. He wanted to spend time with his family. Then like two months of his time with his family. He's like, you know what? I'm actually going to go back to playing football. Yeah. Uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't last two months. But, I mean – there's really nothing bad you can say about him as an actual quarterback. So um, the defense, they struggled last year. I think they'll probably struggle this year. I think you probably let Adamican Sue go because he's so old. They have Vita Vea, who is, a, a, I mean, a force to be reckoned with up the yep. middle. You probably bring back JPP, and then you just uh, you throw darts in the draft. So they drafted someone in the first round last year, uh, Joe Tryon, I think from Washington or Washington State or something like that. Uh, you have to, He didn't really get much playing time last year because he's behind all these vets. So – you give him playing sure. time and you just, you take a bunch of darts in the draft and you, and you hope one hits. Cause other than that, I mean, that defense, they can get the secondary short up, which I know they just mostly had injury problems last year. I think that defense could be just as good as they were the Super Bowl year. And I have a lot of respect for Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator. He pretty much yeah. owns, owns the unit. So I, I think they'll be well coached. It's really if they can stay healthy and if they can produce the pass rush, they, they get lucky and get a hit on some sort of draft pick, you know? Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. So moving on to the other news, um, you know, this one probably not not as, uh, you know, hyped in the media, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, coming back to the Packers, almost for me personally, it's kind of this sigh of, all right, can we just move on? I'm kind of sick and tired of this whole, you know, Aaron Rodgers being dramatic in the news with his, you know, where am I going? I'm, you know, you teasing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we can just kind of move on and be done with it because I'm kind of sick of the the teases and the innuendos and whatever subliminal messages he's trying to throw out there. He's so he's back with the Packers to keep it simple. He's, you know, projected to make over $150 million over the next three seasons. Um, you know, and there's some voidable years on the back end, um, you know, past that. But so my question is, so he's back, that's kind of settled. Um, I really do think there's question marks though, you know, with kind of how they continue to stall out and kind of can't, you know, get past that next level, right? What are they going to do in terms of his weapons? And that's kind of what I what I wanted to focus on today, because there's already issues, right? We have Devontae Adams um, probably on the brink of maybe, you know, holding out, not being happy about the potential of just kind of being stuck on a franchise tag. Uh, you had, uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown. So, you know, names, oh, yeah, okay, they're decent here and there. But it's like they, they might leave in free agency. Um, Cobb took a pay cut to stay with the team. Tanyan had the injury. Supposedly, he's on track to come back, but a free agent. So weapon-wise, like what is Rodgers going to have on the offensive side of the ball to work with? Because look, he's crazy good. Devontae Adams is a beast, unstoppable. But at the same time, at times during the last season, it became one-dimensional. And for most of the time, it didn't matter. They were just that good. They could be one-dimensional, um, you know, and, and just defeat you with just feeding, you know, Adams and mixing in some runs with, with Jones, et cetera. 
But what do they do on the offensive side? Like, who who do you keep? Who do you got to pick up? What kind of moves do they got to make? So what do you think about in terms of what do you, what kind of weapons do you need to surround them with coming up this season? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like, I mean, losing Valdez Scantling and Equinemia St. Brown, I don't think is that big of a deal. I mean, they, they've long struggled to find a number two outside of Devontae, yeah. on the other side of Devontae Adams. Um, I mean, they had a, a fun run with Tunyon. He was good last year, and then he was good up until he got hurt this year. Randall Cobb really hasn't been good for for years at this point. Um, I mean, if you look at that playoff game, both Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, their starting running back, went off, and then there was no one else, and they scored, what, 10 points in that playoff game? I mean, their offense – great, it was cold, but whatever. Their offense couldn't do anything, and that's kind of been um, – that's kind of been just the, the answer of how you stop the Packers is just you, you let Devontae Adams and you let Aaron Jones eat, and then you kind of just – you, you, you shut everybody else down. And then, I mean, they struggled in the playoffs last year against the Bucks. They had turnovers and stuff. They couldn't score. Um, so I think you probably wait until the big names in free agency sign elsewhere. Like I saw Allen Robinson just signed with the Rams. Um, I don't really know. I mean, who even that good is left, but at that point they don't really have the money to sign anybody. So they're just bargain bin shopping. So you find some like Juju Smith, you, you sign him to one year deal maybe get him to rebuild his value or and someone kind of in that mold who isn't going to command a lot of money and probably once a year to just rebuild their value. So like Chark, DJ Chark would have been a good one, but he went to the lions. So yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, they think they'll have a good running game with Aaron Jones and with um, AJ Dillon, assuming they can bring Devonte Adams back, obviously he's the best receiver in the NFL. So sure. They, and they drafted a guy, I forget his name from Clemson last year in the second round um, who, who maybe they'll they'll hope can take a step up. And then they'll probably – I mean, I don't know. The Packers have been so weird with their drafts where they've never drafted someone on the offensive side of the ball in Aaron Rodgers' career in the first round, except for Jordan Love. <laughs> the one time they did it, they took a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe this will be the year. It's a good receiver draft. So, But I don't know. I mean, they don't really have the money to get anybody else, you know. Yeah, no, I think that's you're right. I think, and when I was looking at it, that's the most. I think that that's the thing that stands out the most is just that there's not a lot of flexibility. There's not even that much left out there. So yeah, I mean, I've been so busy at work today, I didn't realize that you know Allen Robinson is already kind of picked up as well. So if he's off the market as well, there's not a ton out there. So yeah, like you said, it, it may just be like you know one of these kind of unsung heroes. They gotta. It's almost like the the Patriot way where they find someone to step up and pick up someone in the draft or, you know, someone from last year has to kind of step up into another number three slot or something and kind of go off mid season. But it, it is concerning. And I think that's where, you know, I can see, you know, history just repeating itself that, you know, they, they're kind of this strong regular season team solid enough where literally Rogers and Adams are good enough to just beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Then you get to the postseason and you hit a wall and you kind of stall out because you're too one dimensional like, or, you know, just exactly. Like you said, you, you stop the run with Jones. Um, you, you live with that. You prefer them doing that versus being beat that by the deep ball with Adams. And then that's it. And then yeah. no one else is stepping up. So I, I could see them really kind of stalling out and struggling. Unlike, um, the bucks who probably, probably have more weapons and variety that can, they can work with going deep into the postseason. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. They ha- they still have Alan Lazard, who I think is fine. Like he was kind of hurt last year. I think he had a, the sports hernia. Uh, I don't think he's terrible. And the defense was sneakily pretty good last year, especially considering they had their two best players, Zendaria Smith and, um, and cornerback Jair Alexander hurt most of the year. So I think they might actually have a good defense, but yeah, you just, you just got to find some weapon on the other side of Adams to, to scare the defense. So that way 
I mean, but, but like you said, what's happened in the postseason, pretty much every year in Rogers' career, he just he he just he hits the wall when a defense can just shut down what you do best, and they've never had a, a second answer to that. Yeah, yeah. So moving on, this part will be a little brief, but Deshaun Watson, obviously, he just continues to be in the news. Um, you know, obviously, little by little, there's less and less teams that are in the mix, like now with the Bucks, who were kind of rumored to be in the mix. Now with Brady coming back, they're no longer in the talks, obviously. So it seems like it's kind of narrowed down to a few teams. The Falcons, Saints seem to be one of the front runners, possibly Browns, Panthers. So of the teams that are kind of still in the mix, there's all these rumors swirling around Deshaun Watson. My simple question for you on this topic is, is this all just talk and kind of, you know, this, this show of people saying we're, we're looking at all options, we're going to even explore Deshaun Watson to kind of appease their fan bases? Or do you think one of these teams is really going to pull the trigger and one of them is actually going to make a trade and pick up Deshaun Watson? Or is this all just kind of going through the motions at this point? Oh, I, it's a good question. I, I think he's going to get traded. I mean, I feel like, I mean, it depends on the nature of your fan base, but I know I'm pretty well-versed with Eagles Twitter and nobody in Philadelphia wants anything to do with Deshaun Watson. They just, <laughs> they just don't want to touch it. Um, so I feel like depending on the fan base, I feel like a lot of fans don't want the team to get him. They just don't want to deal with the headache. They don't want to root. I mean, yeah, I know he was, he was cleared of all the legal troubles. Now it's all just civil suits and all that stuff, but I don't think anybody wants to root for a guy that has that type of tra- that, the track record. I mean, sure. you get over it. Everybody forgets with Ben Roethlisberger like 15 years ago, whenever that was. Everybody forgets, but um, I think it's legit. I mean, I feel like the Falcons make sense because that's his hometown team. I could see him wanting to come home. Um, I don't know what you do with Matt Ryan in that point. Like, I don't know who's going to take that contract. Um, sure. I heard the Seahawks might be a possibility huh. there, which which would be funny. It'd be weird. Um, but I, to me, I think – it's between the saints and the Panthers. I think that Matt rule knows that he needs to do something or else that he's going to lose his job. And I think that um, Sam Darnold's clearly not it. They can't resign Cam Newton again. And I think, I mean that I will say, I think that team is a quarterback away from being really good. Uh, the Panthers, they have a good receivers. They have a good defense. Um, I, I think the saints seem to be the favorite. I, 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 I heard that, that he met with them again and they, he seems to be the favorite there just based on like what the reporters are saying. But for me, I think the Panthers are the team that's desperate enough to make a move and give up a zillion draft picks for him. So conspiracy theory is Sean Payton's reason for walking away. Is he saying, hell no, I don't want anything to do with this Sean Watson. Cause I know they've made up their mind. <laughs> oh, I like that. Although Sean Payton does not seem like the type of guy who would want not want nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. So <laughs> I think if he, I think if, if he had known they were going to get him, he would have been like, all right, hell yeah, I'm in, I'm back in. Sure. I'm not retiring anymore. <laughs> all right. Well, no, I agree with you. I, I think some, someone, someone's going to be desperate enough and someone's going to want to save their job and, and kind of make like a groundbreaking move just to kind of shake things up that, yeah, I, I agree. I think, one of these teams, they're just going to be like, we got to do something, and we're going to do it for the sake of just giving it a shot. So I, I agree with you. I, I think it will happen. It's just going to be interesting to see who's going to take that risk and, and kind of deal with all the, the PR nightmare and just, you know, then the, the ridicule and criticism. And obviously they're going to say, well, you know, we got to show grace, forgiveness, and they're going to spin it in this kind of narrative and, and you know make some weird. sappy commercial. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was – I, knowing how the Eagles roll, I was shocked that they weren't inter- more interested in Deshaun Watson. Um, I think reports are that he is, which wasn't interested in them. So at that point, it's like, well, no, I, I, I'm breaking up with you before you break up with me type thing. <laughs> um, like, I'm not like, you're not firing me. I quit <laughs> type thing. Um, but 
yeah, I think it comes down to some some team that's desperate and they have the draft capital and they have the team around Watson knowing that they can win and just trying to save their job. So my official prediction, I'm going with the Panthers. What do you think? Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with, I'm going to roll with uh, saints. I'll say saints. Saints are going to be desperate enough that they'll go with that. So I'll, I'll say saints. You say Panthers. We'll see what happens then. Yeah. It's going to stay in the NFC South. Regardless. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Moving on to kind of the, the next big topic are the Jags. Like we kind of said uh, earlier on today, the Jags went on a spending spree. So they signed, Seven players uh, in the past week to contracts totaling a whopping $259.5 million with $155.25 million in guarantees. So they just they just said, screw it. We're going to just kind of have to rely on free agency, sign a bunch of people. Uh, not going to list every single one, but some of the, the big ones here. We mentioned Christian Kirk had you know guaranteed money of about $37 million, now making him the NFL's ninth highest paid wide receiver. So whew, hefty, hefty, yeah. hefty price tag there. Then you get um, guard Brandon Sheriff, Brandon Sheriff for $30 million. So that one, like I think most people don't disagree. That that was a good acquisition. Um, people were people other teams are going to go after him. Excellent in run block, interior pass blocking, one of the best options out there for offensive linemen. Then you get some other ones that are kind of eh, like you get Foye Olakun for what, $28 million. Um, they got Darius Williams, Zay Jones, like you mentioned, which people are just kind of like shaking their heads a little bit, $14 million. Zay, Zay Jones, never more than 56 catches. His career catch rate is 55%. Um, so you get tight end Evan Engram. So these were some of the guys um, that they signed with that whopping deal of money. Um all of those players will be either 29 years or younger when the season begins, minus Sheriff, who'll be 30 years old. So your initial thoughts, I mean, because you were, you were talking about in sweat or no sweat about hitting, uh, you know, eight wins. So it sounds like you have, a, a, you know, glimmer of hope that some of these were enough to make a difference. So what are your just initial impressions on just kind of the massive wave of free agency signings that they did? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they needed to do it. I feel like, um, they've just been so bad for so long. I mean, they've had one winning season in like 10 or 15 years. I forget the exact stat, but like ever since pretty much David Garrard retired, they've been just picking top five in the NFL draft. Uh, So I think they just needed some just semblance of even mediocrity, which they pretty, they had like when, I mean, they went to the AFC championship, they had an absolutely loaded defense. And then two years later, they just treated everyone away. Um, So I don't think, that they'll have sustained success. I think that they're just a joke in terms of ownership and Trent Balky doesn't really have a lot of positive reviews as a GM, but I feel like this year just getting enough, just professional football players, unlike what they are trotting out last year. And they're having a head coach who isn't a complete scumbag in Doug Peterson. And just the, the hope that you get uh, a bump in a year or two from, from Trevor Lawrence, I think can be enough to just make them fine. I don't think they're going to be good. I certainly don't think they'll like if they make the playoffs, maybe they make it at like eight and nine in a down year or something like that. But I don't think they'll ever be good um, anytime soon. But I think they'll just I think they'll be fine, which is which is exactly what they need, at least at this point in time. Just be OK. OK, so let me let me ask you this. Another take kind of mentioning Trevor Lawrence. right? I think everyone kind of. You know, I, I think there was a mixed bag, right? I mean, people had such lofty expectations of, of how he's going to be coming in. Uh, obviously, didn't live up to kind of these lofty expectations, the hype, but also kind of got a pass, right? I mean, it was just, it was just, it was just a train wreck there, right? Yeah. So, 
So let's say you don't you don't hit eight wins, right? Let's say you get a couple wins and you almost get similar results um, as last season, even with all these moves, changes in coaching. Do you see that as he still gets a pass because there's just so much in flux? This is almost like year one of rebuilding. Yeah. Or would you say with the moves that were made, you expect them to hit about eight wins. And if you don't hit eight, then Trevor Lawrence truly, even though it's still early on, that concerns you that this is really kind of a bust and he's really never going to be what he was in college. Yeah, I think you give him a pass. I think everyone's going to have the argument, well, okay, well, it's his, it's his second system, offensive system in his second year in the NFL. He's a young player. He he doesn't he didn't have the consistently of returning to the same offense and stuff, new coaching staff. Every excuse that's made out there in, in the world whenever a young quarterback struggles. Um, so I think he'll get a pass. I think he'd have to be like, Jared Goff rookie year level bad in order for people to, to people to really start thinking uh, thinking differently. Um, so yeah, I think I mean I think if they win four games, that's kind of like well yeah for the Jaguars like of course they're supposed to win four games. <laughs> I think that'll go more on sure. coaching and ownership than it will Trevor Lawrence. Um, just people thinking that's a broken franchise, which I'm not necessarily disagreeing with. Uh, so no, I, I think he would like I said he'd have to be historically bad for people to start turning on him even though he was pretty bad last year, he just, like you said, he got a pass because Urban Meyer just ran such a clown show his, his one year, not even a year in Jacksonville that people were trying to like, Oh, like, what'd you expect? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd say, I'd say I was one of those folks. I mean, I, I, you know, I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, after watching them for a few games for a part of the season, I'm like, I, I, it's just, I think a lot of it was just the scheme, the personnel. I mean, so I, I kind of fell into the camp of, I got, we got to give this guy a pass and we'll see what happens this year. But like you said, I mean, it's so early on, a ton of changes. They're basically starting from scratch. So it, it's going to, it's still going to be probably a rocky road this year, but we'll see. I mean, but I, I'd like to see some progression, even if it doesn't translate to wins, right? But just, whether it's you know his completion percentages, just his composure under pressure, like I want to see some progression this year, even kind of intra-game improvements, even if it doesn't necessarily translate to wins per se. But we'll see. We'll see how things go. Hopefully, it's just a better environment for him as a young quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think. I mean, I, I hope that they're okay because I'll root for Doug for the rest of my life um, for bringing the <laughs> Super Bowl to Philly. So I hope he does well. I'm, I'm rooting for Doug. I mean, I don't have high hopes. Like I said, sustained sustained success, but. Maybe a fine year. They win eight games. I think everybody will be happy in Jacksonville for that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, last last minute, just quick, quick hitters. Um, so we still got you know some some names out there that people are talking about. So uh, you know remaining big moves, potential trades, free agents. You have uh, you know the Jimmy G situation. What's going to go? What's going to happen with Baker and his weird cryptic <laughs> messages recently? So what for you with the remaining pieces that are left in terms of potential trades, um, you know, potential free agents that still need to be picked up, who who's which scenarios are the most intriguing to you right now in terms of what you're most interested to kind of see, you know, what gets finalized? Who who which players are you kind of tracking the most at the moment? Yeah, I think um, aside from the quarterbacks, which is the obvious one, I think I'd love to see where Juju Smith-Schuster goes uh, because he was so good his first two years and he's kind of been disappointing ever since. So I'm kind of interested to see is like, you know, was he just only good because he was on the opposite of Antonio Brown and, and he just wasn't getting any coverage on it sent his way? Or is it just because, I mean, when you look at his quarterbacks, he had Big Ben, the corpse of Big Ben the past two years, and then whatever they're trotting out, Duck Hodges the year before that. So is it just on? It's just because of the quarterbacks. So I'm interested to see where he lands. Um, seems like a good reclamation project for like the Chiefs who have been long, <laughs> who have been long trying to get another receiver on the other side of uh, Tyreek Hill. Um, so 
Yeah, aside from the quarterbacks, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking to see where Juju Smith-Schuster goes. Sounds good. You? Sounds good. Yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of fascinated to see, um, you know, what happens with uh, with Garoppolo. I mean, we obviously there's a handful of teams in the mix, so. Um, you know, I'm I'm wondering, you know, is is Cleveland going to be a landing spot? I'm also kind of kind of interested to see, like, you know, what what needs to be done to kind of even make some of those moves. So, um, I you know, back in the day, you know, when when the Patriots had him, and you know, he he kind of held his own when Brady was injured. Like I said, I think I mentioned in a previous episode as a Bears fan, I was like saying, God, if we could just get Jimmy G, that's going to solve all our problems. And, um, you know, now kind of seeing what, what played out, I'm like, maybe we dodged a bullet there. And, uh, yeah. you know, but, you know, I, I still, you know, I, I don't think he's a great quarterback. I, I think he probably is kind of that, like, journeyman quarterback or really good backup kind of role. But um, I'd like to see. I, I'm still kind of curious because, I, you know, I lived in Boston um, for about five years. So I kind of – and I happened to live in Boston during this, like, glory period where – uh, the Red Sox won. Uh, the Bruins won. The Celtics won. The Patriots were dominating. I'm like, what the hell is this? I I, yeah. I transplanted from Chicago to Boston, where you know my after the Jordan era, it was basically like this losing culture of everyone sucking. And I'm like, this is what Boston gets. I'm like, you guys are spoiled as hell over here. So yeah. I did get intrigued with Jimmy G even back then, and kind of followed him for a bit. Um, you know, from when he when he got shipped off from there. Um, so I'm I'm just kind of interested to see how his career progresses because like you know when the Jimmy G hype was at its peak i was kind of there in boston kind of watching that happen um so so i'm curious to see what happens with him we'll see how it plays out so yeah i think he's my, my prediction this whole offseason has been or ever since i guess the colts traded wentz is i think he's going to indianapolis i think everybody hated wentz in indianapolis everybody's despite i don't i think jimmy g kind of stinks too i think that he held <laughs> he held the 49ers back um yeah Everybody seemed to love him. All his players, they 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 rode for him. The coaches loved him. Everybody only had positive things to say. When you compare that to Wentz, who everybody hated, I think that um, the, I think the Colts just want some sort of like, all right, can we just get a quarterback that people actually like, and then we'll and then we'll go from there. So, because um, that Colts team is ready to win, so I think Jimmy G. I think he's going to the Colts and Baker Mayfield. I'm interested to see. Um, reports came out today. I don't know if you saw this that he requested a trade. Um, uh, he did. Okay, he actually yeah, formally. Yeah. Okay. Got he officially it. Got requested it. one. So I could see, I mean, I could see Seattle trying to take a chance on Baker. Uh, I, I could see that making sense. If, if um, Deshaun Watson doesn't go to the saints, I could see them taking a run at Baker, but, but we'll see. I think, yeah, interesting. the quarterback, the, the, like the mediocre quarterback carousel is the most interesting part yeah. of the NFL offseason. Man, Baker in Seattle, I could see tons and tons of rollout interceptions with deep oh, yeah. balls happening there. <laughs> Ball slips out of his hand because it's, it's a little slick there. Yeah, because the temptation will be there, right? With the deep threats you have with those weapons, to just constantly roll out and just sling it like he wants to. And I, I could just see tons of interceptions happening there. But we'll see. We'll see. So, all right. So moving on to the one sole NBA game tonight: the, <laughs> the Detroit Pistons versus the Orlando Magic. And, um, you know, I know we already passed our segment. I'm going to give you a quick one. Sweat or no sweat, this will be the lowest rated NBA game of the entire season, given oh, the fact that we're starting with March Madness today. Yeah, that's got to be a no sweat. Maybe if it was a better game, people would watch. But I can't think of one person outside of Orlando or Detroit that is going to watch this game tonight. <laughs> yeah, so I'm telling all you viewers out there right now, if you're actually hardcore watching this and betting on this game, you probably have a problem. So you're, 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 you're in the same boat as me and Matt here. If you're betting on this game, you, you probably have a semi problem because yeah. that's 
probably the most unattractive game on this entire slate of sports that I saw. Yeah, which I did bet on this game, I will admit. So uh, not, no judgment here. We, we all have our own problems. So why don't you kick it off, man? What do you got for us on this on this probably potentially very ugly game? What what bet do you have going for this one? Give me Detroit money line. They uh, keeping it simple, huh? Detroit money simple. line. Yeah, they've been they've been a covering machine the past couple of weeks, which is funny because they're still they, they lose every game, but they've been covering. Uh, I think they finally they finally get a win. I'm taking Detroit money line. I, I posted it on Twitter earlier today. It was a plus it was a plus EV play. The odds have shifted pretty um, against them in terms of just favorable odds, but I'm still taking Detroit money line. Detroit money line. Okay, all right. Ugly game picking an ugly winner. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. good. All right. So for me, um, I haven't looked at Twitter, obviously, since our show began, but I'm still kind of waiting to see some Wendell Carter news. And if Wendell is out, I'm going to try to, you know, if they announce that he's not playing because of that ankle issue, then I hate to say this, but I hate betting on this guy. I would probably go on uh, Mo Bamba's over on rebounds. And he has not been covering that very well. A lot of it has been due to foul trouble, limited minutes. But if Wendell's out, then I might hop on that at over nine and a half uh, rebounds. I think I think the last time I looked at it, it was maybe like plus, I think it was right around even money or plus 105 on DraftKings currently. Obviously, as soon as that announcement hits, that'll change the odds and it'll shift pretty quickly. So I'm going to try to keep an eye on that closer to game time. If Wendell is in and, uh, you know, and he's actually going to play, then I'm probably going to pivot, and I probably will just go with Wendell Carter on points, basically, depending on where his line is. But uh, that that's kind of where I'm going to pivot. If if it stands as it is, and if he actually if Wendell's announces out, I'm going to try to quickly go on Mo Bamba's rebounds on his over 9.5. If they announce Wendell is in and they open up his lines, I'll probably go with Wendell points because he's been pretty consistent with scoring, and I'd expect with Detroit's you know pretty terrible defense overall as a team that he's still going to find his. Um, you know, in a team that's ranked like 23rd in points allowed per game, basically, and not great at guarding kind of, you know, power forwards, bigger men. So I would roll with Wendell points, even if he's got an ankle issue. So, yeah, well, breaking news, he is actually out tonight. So it looks like. It's oh, Mo- OK. So as soon as this episode ends, I'm going to try to roll on uh, Mo Bamba's over on rebounds then. So that's yeah. that's what I'll be rolling with for my for my uh, bet for tonight on this ugly, ugly, ugly game. Let me reiterate. It's probably going to be an ugly <laughs> game, guys. So I like it. <laughs> All right. So to wrap it up, so we always end up with what's cooking. So what's cooking for you this weekend, Matt? Um, One of my college roommates is um, he's engaged, having an engagement party on Saturday. So that's what I'll be doing this weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And you? Uh, Birthday parties for kids, man. So, you know, I'm a father. I got a six-year-old. So, you know, we get invited to these little shindigs with other kids' parties. So we got something at uh, like a kids' museum. Uh, weather's supposed to be decent in Chicago area, so take them to some parks. So some outdoor fun for once, being cooped up here in cold Chicago. It's been we've been very lucky. We've been getting like fifty something degree weather, which is like balmy for this time of year. So we'll take it. So some outdoor activities, some museum stuff. That's what I got going on, man. Nice, nice. That sounds good. I mean, good weather in Chicago. Got to take advantage of that when you can. Exactly. Exactly. This time of year, at least. All right, everybody. So that wraps it up for today's Sweat the Bet, Episode 3. So thank you for tuning in. Good luck on all of your March Madness brackets. If you're following us today on this ugly Detroit uh, and Orlando game, God bless you. Close your eyes and hope your bets win. Um, And anything else we got to wrap up today, Matt? 
No, that's it. Thanks, thanks everybody for listening. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Subscribe. Take a listen again on the podcast if you didn't catch everything. And good luck on all your bets, guys. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what you thought. Thank you.